0: This is the We Fish with Phoenix Boats podcast, built by anglers for anglers.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Fish by Phoenix Boats podcast. I'm your host today, Brian Travis. With me is my co-host, Derek Duke Jinkle. Coming all the way from southern Illinois. The Duke. The Duke. And you guys may know that voice right there. We've got Gerald the G-Man Swindle sitting here yes. with us today.
2: fighting out of the blue corner. Weighs in at 205 pounds of twisted steel, sex appeal, and bass-catching ability. That sounded good. I made that
0: up on the way up here. That did sound pretty good.
1: You got that blinged-out <laughs> G-Belt on right yeah, there. Yeah, you know that. what,
0: son? hey Hey, pimping ain't easy, and it ain't cheap neither. <laughs> you, you know that didn't come from the dollar store, yeah.
2: You'd be surprised. I think it did. <laughs> Dollar General run a special on it. It was
0: food for manager. Jer. Jer.
2: She <laughs> have so the G. That's right. Every year you're there, you get a different letter? Yeah, I get a different letter. Next year I have the A.
0: He's going to have the whole
1: grill. That's you right. Got. That's right. <laughs> oh, goodness. So what have you been up to? you got a year, a lot of changes this year. Um, going going back to the elites, switching to Phoenix exciting Um, fall for me been a busy fall for you has
2: not it it's my and and out of my entire mass career which is uh i start my 21st 22nd year i have never made uh many changes you know and to make this to have the opportunity to make these changes to to leave and i won't even be afraid to say it to leave triton and come to phoenix is something that i've had on my mind for a while i've watched them i knew the guys the opportunity came so i got to make that swap I actually uh, stepped away from Quantum. Been with them a long time. I was a 17 year relationship. Stepped away from them. Kind of going to be a free agent. Fish and lose reels. Do my own rod deal. Just kind of free agent, you know. So that, and then leaving MLF, going back to bass. Uh, you know, sometimes just shaking the boat up a little bit kind of gives you a restart. You mm-hmm. know, and there was a lot happening. There was a lot of pieces of the puzzle that was moving around this fall. Last fall was very interesting because we had to make that decision to MLF to bass, MLF to bass. This we went right back into decision-making mode of trying to get back into bass and then they had an opportunity to come up and then the Phoenix deal. So Leanne and I talked about it. Even as we hunted this winter, we sitting in a tree. I said, this is probably the most exciting starting I've ever been,
1: Yeah,
2: you know, to get in a new boat, to learn it. I, I, my mind, I, I really struggle. I mean, all honesty, I, I, my attention deficit disorder is horrible, but to be in a new boat and new products, it keeps me engaged. It's going to be a fun process of learning it, uh, you know, and that understanding how the boat runs, how it performs, what you can do with it, trying to find the limits of it. I, that's
1: the whole part of me I find exciting about the whole 2020 season. Yeah. I, I've got a question for you because, you know, last year you did make the change to BPT, which is a whole new format, a different format than yes, you sir. grew up fishing. Now you're going back to the, the original format you grew up fishing your whole life, but there's a whole lot of new faces and new names that you haven't seen on that side of the road in a while. And, and I know they've been around the fishing world, so I'm, I guarantee you're familiar with a lot of them. Are you excited about getting to go up against all these new new names?
2: I am. I, I attended the uh, Bass Angler meeting a few weeks ago down in Birmingham, and it's, to me, I don't know, I, I'm kind of at that age where I look back and I start looking at the young guys coming in, and you see that look in their eyes. So, so for instance, like a, a, a Wes Logan, he, you know, he's a guy from Gaston, Alabama. He won the, he won the points in the uh, Southerns. He, he's a stick but he's a true rookie. Mm-hmm. Just, and people like, well, man, you know, I'm, I have had somebody at a gas station, and they said, man, you know, I, I don't know if I've heard a lot of them guys over there. I said, you may not have today, but in two or three years, they may be a household name. And I said, Kevin Van Dam and Ike or myself, you didn't build those names overnight. That's right. So I said, you just, I said, just sit back and watch the ride. There's some kids over there that can fish, that know the game, that know the market game of it, that know the social game of it and they're hungry so that part i, I stood up and i looked around and i think i like this i like the atmosphere i like to look at everybody's eyes and hey we want this you know i, I tell everybody to said just just hold tight they can catch them
1: yeah and, it, and it's interesting you know you talked on the, the social game and things like that you're starting to see a whole group almost a generation come up that came up through college fishing you know so they've been in it for a while they got they got to wet their toes in the in the market of sponsors and everything but they are just They're sharks on social media. Oh, killing Learning the electronics. I mean, they grew up in the world of video games and computers, so learning something new on electronics to them is just second nature. Their
2: advancement to where they're at right now is light years uh, ahead of where I was at. I was sitting talking to Wes Logan actually come hunting with me uh, a few weeks ago, and he was laughing. I said, dude, first time I ever went to to St. Lawrence and to Potomac, I had a flasher. I didn't even have a GPS. (laughs) And I said, now you guys come out here and you're – you're where I'm at right now, and you in two or three years, yep. you know. So I said, I think the, as the game of fishing changes, you know, uh, the the type of fishermen you see come up is changing. You're seeing younger guys, which are much more versatile. A lot of young guys, when they start out in my age, you just threw a jig, or you threw a jig, or you threw a jig. It yep. was a one dimensional, <laughs> gonna ride that pony to payday, and if it worked, it worked. And now I see guys come out that can do everything at 25, 28 years old. I mean, I look at somebody like a, uh, Brian Latimer, Be B-Lat. He's fishing the Opens this year. You, you watch him on social and what he does, he's killing it. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy, I, I look at him and I think his career is going to be 30-plus years of just nothing but success. And I'm like, that's my competition now. You know, and you realize you you got you to gotta bring your game this year. That's I'm right. excited about it. I mean, I think I have aligned myself with the best equipment I can. I know for a fact the swap to Phoenix – to what I'm going to get performance-wise, to what I can depend on on that boat, to the extra fuel, to run in that rough water. And I looked at her schedule. I said, I'm going to be as good an advantage as I can be at at my age. I'm still in great shape, and I still love it.
1: Yeah, that's a good thing. So talking about that versatility of some of these younger anglers coming up, you, do you think that's driven off of the access they have to certain things? Because I know me personally, I grew up, I learned what my dad taught me to fish. I learned what my uncle taught me to <laughs> fish. I, I, I didn't have YouTube <laughs> to watch all these techniques. You
2: know, My dad had an old hula popper. He just beat you to death with it. <laughs> that's right. You know, he, he could paddle an aluminum boat. and just beat. I can remember a MEP spinner. I mean, I, that's, that's so funny we say that, but all three of us sitting here, that's what you watch fish was your dad or your granddad. And yep. now I look at a, a Justin Lucas uh b and these younger guys they've watched their heroes the guys that they grew up like sticks they know everything that guy knows in the first two or three years because they watched every video he's ever done oh yeah they watch yeah. all the
1: videos and, and when i know when i was growing up there's a little bit of tv but you know you had to read the article and and when you're reading an article you don't get to see yeah, it live I, you know there's a whole lot of things you can learn on technique that a video will show you that, that reading I, four I, or five I, lines won't
2: i think youtube channels and stuff like that have taught guys fishing we used to tell you that, that time on the water was the most irreplaceable thing you could have. Yep. You know, I say the same thing when driving a boat to maximize the performance. Seat time is key to really know what the limit is in the boat. But same thing with, with casting. Now, a guy can sit behind his computer and watch enough videos through the winter that when he sees that, he'll recognize it. He'll know, hey, I've seen this on the video when the water temperature was this, and they go to it. So I... I think they're, they're getting better. I think a 25-year-old fisherman nowadays is a much better fisherman than I was at 25.
1: Yeah.
0: How, how uh, do you find yourself watching YouTube?
2: I do a little bit. You know, I, that Foolish pride of Me used to be like, I didn't even watch fishing videos. I would not even watch my own, you know. And now I catch myself studying new lure techniques. I go in and study, see new baits. And I'm like, I don't watch that fish. Or I'll go back and watch shows to watch how they catch them. The thing I've always noticed about bass fishing is when you become that guy who says, I know it all, I got it, that's when they line up and start handing you that butt whooping. Because fishing, you never learn it all. Mm-hmm. you you always a student of the game. Every day, no matter how many tournaments you won, how many AOYs, when you go out, if you're not learning, you're
1: losing. So who's your go-to YouTube producer? Who are you going to watch? <sighs> if, Gerald Swindle himself is going to watch something. Probably tonight. Brian Latimer. Okay.
2: You know, I think he's super informative. I think the guy's funny to watch. Uh, So I think you guys watch people that they respect, that they they either want to learn to fish that technique. I have a lot of people come to me and say, I watched every jig shipping video you ever had to learn to skip docks. I think I'm the same way. If I want to learn a little bit more about finesse fishing, I may watch something Amart did. Uh, I may watch a Justin Lucas. That was my next question.
0: I'm like, you got a fellow pro staffer named Aaron Martins. (laughs) I've watched a blue million of his videos, not tying. Yep. The man's got eight fingers, and they're all about eight inches long. Because he's I don't just know. tying knots. He can do it. He can mm-hmm. do it. I wondered if you do. You, do you watch it? Like I do watch you have a fellow competitor that you I do.
2: Watch? I have a few guys that I really respect what they do, uh, their technique, and you know what I'm a guy that's like I study people, mm-hmm. not so necessary like Aaron's technique of fishing, but I have studied Aaron much more than he'll ever know. Just as a person in general, just reading him. Sure. I watch what makes him. And somebody said, I can't believe Aaron does tackle to 2 and 3 in the morning. I said, that's what makes Aaron Aaron. That's right. See, if he, if he couldn't do that, he's not Aaron. That's what makes him, when he gets dialed in, you can't beat him. Mm-hmm. That's his process. doesn't work for everybody. I've seen guys like myself. I do tackle for an hour. When I come in, I'm done. I have a motto like I don't never go to a meeting and then come back and do tackle. My tackle's done before the meeting starts because nothing I need to say at that meeting should change what I'm going to do. Everybody has their own strength. I've watched guys like Randall Tharp. He'll take that jig, and he'll go with it. They, everybody has their things that make them click, and that's what I enjoy watching. I'm like, I watch Aaron, dude, and I'm like, he has no idea that I realize that's what makes him.
1: Yeah. You know? So what would you define yours as?
2: Mine is I'm like Donald Duck. I'm flat-footed and just really don't care (laughs) sometimes. I just roll with it. You know, I try not – one of the things I've learned to do is not get bent out of shape on a bad practice. That's one thing I think that's really helped me in the last 10 or 15 years is practice is irrelevant. Uh, They doesn't pay nothing. Uh, You can't judge the next three days of your life off what happened the last three days. Yeah. So I try to wake up every day with a new mindset. I try to have confidence when there's no reason to have confidence. If Even if I hadn't caught anything in three days, tomorrow's a new day. To me, that's really helped me, uh, not trying to let stuff that happens during the term have a negative outcome, whether you're losing fish or you were to have a technical problem with your motor or something happens, try to find the good in it. That was my biggest struggle when I first started was if it didn't go right, Within the first three or four hours, you started feeling that monkey on your back. Now I'm just like, i just kind of roll with it. Whatever it is, it is. Just fish. (laughs)
1: That's interesting. We talk about this a lot around here. Um, Tim, who's not here, he and I fished together some on some little local wildcats, stuff like that. Obviously, we know Duke fishes just a little bit. But, uh, (laughs) you know, one of the hardest things to me, and I know this is definitely what separates some professionals from guys like me that just sit around and play in a boat. You know, when you're having that tough day and you need to struggle to get bites, when to leave, when to change baits, when to roll on, you know that's that's something that I think a lot of you guys are just blessed with having you know having that snack. It is that sick knack. That's
2: right. That's exactly. And right. I convey yeah. it even over into hunting. Mm-hmm. I watch. You know, like we hunt a lot, and I'm I'm an avid archery hunter, and people have talked to me sometime about killing big deer, and I get lucky and kill some you know pretty big deer. I said, dude, sometimes it's just a gut feeling where I'm going to end up. at makes really no sense but to nobody but me. And yep. I said, fishermen have that same knack when they're on the water. You see them doing stuff. I've rode by people. I've been guilty this. Ride by and look over and go, good God, he's lost his last year's east egg. <laughs> but like me. Stevie Wonder playing badminton, what's he doing? He ain't no one catching bass. Come in day one, who's leading that dude over there? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. So I think that that's what they have. They just have this knack about knowing when to leave. Uh, one of the things I think people underestimate at the highest level of fishing is they have the ability not to get rattled. Yep, you know, and then that's what I really had to work on. It. It could be one o'clock and I've got one fish. That doesn't bother me in this format. Now, last year, just to we just be straight transparent. Did that bother me in MLF? You got that right, because when I got behind, I never could. I never could just reset the mechanism and say just slow down. dude. catch one big and on a jig and you're fine. That doesn't happen anymore. You're in a fury fight. It's like an MMA fight with no timeouts and once they start swinging if you don't get the first punch in the rest of the day you're playing defense that's not my style my style is to go catch me one or two and say you know what I know a place about 15 miles down there I'm just gonna run in there and flip a jig the rest of the day if I catch three they got troubles that's where I think because when I get there I'm very calm I don't panic MLF that technique causes you to speed up everything you're not tired you're lying putting on ability and it kind of caused a lot of, for me it caused anxiety I can fish a nine hour day in, a, in, a, in an elite series event and it's literally like stress free you know because I just it's what we do but that other technique whew, it changed the game didn't it it no, looked like a dog eating acid dude I just didn't know which way to go you know? I can see that because once you get behind you're behind yeah and any running time is just time take off. Oh, the oh god you, you mm-hmm. start finding yourself going I'm so far behind I ain't got time to cast
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> I need to run to a new spot. I need to run to a new spot, but I can't even throw my bait out. You, you know, you've talked about you, you continually come back to this attitude, uh, your mindset, which which is a great segue to something that, at least on social media, I see you speak and, and mention a lot, and that's PMA.
2: A positive mental attitude. Yeah. And, you know, I think I started that to, to help me get through life then fishing. Uh, after my brother passed away, and then I didn't realize how big of an effect it was going to be just on my life in general. I was looking – the answer I was looking for was through fishing. But the real answer I got was I control the attitude through life. So if you – I see guys all the time out there on the water, and they say, man, I know what's going on out there in the water. Everything's going bad. I broke my rods, kicked the depth finder in. I screamed and hollered at ducks and dogs. I run over 14 geese. I'm mad at the world. Mine didn't help you none. I said, well, what, what triggered all that? Oh, I don't know, Ma. I dropped my sunglasses in the water. It's like, and it, and it went into all that. Mm-hmm. So what I've had to learn is that really don't have any power. Yeah. Just fish. You know, if you lose a five-pounder, big deal. At least you got in the bite. I said, try to find something positive in it. So the more I dug into this to try to fix my fishing, I really started fixing my life. And I realized that that positive mental attitude started from the bed. People think, oh, you're just going to drive down to the lake. You'll be mad enough to fight Satan. Your kids ain't acting right. Got one guy else, and the wife's doing this, and the job's doing this. You're going to get to the boat ramp, jump in the boat, and everything's going to be good. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. That same negative feeling is going to be in that boat. You can't That's outrun true. it. You, you, Hey, you can skin that phoenix back wide open, but when you stop, negativity's still on you. So I learned to try to correct that through each step, whether you're at home. And then, I, you know, I, Once the, the more I worked on it, I started probably, you know, I really probably, I know my wife would tell you probably become a better husband, probably a better father to my daughter. Started doing things that I would take my time and say, okay, it's not worth it. Now I
0: still can lose it, trust me. You you don't let a two hundred dollar pair of sunglasses wreck a five thousand dollar fishing no. tournament, do you? No,
2: you have to <laughs> look, you have to prioritize what's it about, and that, and I still tell people it doesn't mean that you didn't get upset because you lose, but you, you 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 do that in the truck going home. That's right. But you don't do that on the water during the game, I said. And I, I spent a lot of time watching athletes. It like, I watched every Marshawn Lynch video out there. I have watched every Michael Jordan video out there. I took all the greatest athletes I ever watched, Peyton Manning, watched them play, and I said, what's different about them? Never see them rattle. You watch Tua Tonga Bowl an Alabama quarterback. Watch Jalen Hurts. Ice water. Ice water. Smile. Wait,
1: well, they got to be Alabama quarterbacks. Well, you, you know. you them you don't like Guantanamo up at Tennessee? Yeah, well, you T- know. T- I mean, Tannehill. Tannehill Titans. Go Titans. <laughs> you know,
2: I'm just saying some of these guys that play with the ice water in their vein, no yep. matter what happens. I seen Tua Tonga Volta throw an interception when he was a freshman. They put him in right off the get-go, and he threw an interception, and the, the announcers were all over him. And I never will forget, he walked over to Nick Saban, and Nick Saban's chewing him out. And he patted Nick Saban on the butt, and you could read his lips. He said, I got this. We're going to be okay. Yep. I said, what a mentality. Yeah. Most 18-, 19-year-old kids would have crumbled that Nick Saban screaming at them in his face, and he said, I got this, coach. And what did he do? Turn around through the game, win and pass. Yeah. I think that mindset is what I admire and what I try to aspire to be on the water is no matter what happens, you're still fishing. I mean, unless the boat's up, something, something I mean, as long as you're floating and the carpet side up, you still got a chance. Huh. Don't
0: give up. You wasn't sanding gel coat. <laughs> no, I tell her about <laughs> picking somebody. fiberglass. I've had
2: guys before say, "Hey man, you know this fishing just gets tough on me." said, it's a hell of a lot better framing houses. I can promise you that. Yep. <laughs> Every time I go by a saw on the bank, going man, I start casting faster and harder. I said, <laughs> "You prioritize what you have. We can make it stressful. Stressful fishing can be stressful. Golfing can be stressful. I, I have talked to a guy about doing a, a whole full blog story about." the stresses of archery hunting to bass fishing. I think that's archery hunting, I have more stress level than that than I do picking where I'm going to start a bass master's Classic because it's a limited amount of time. You're racing a clock, and every decision you make gives the deer one more advantage. I, I lose more sleep laying in the bed thinking, what stand am I going to get in than I do, like, where am I going to stop to fish? <laughs> you know, so I think that stress and that whole deal, you just have to kind of control it. And say, you know what? I still have opportunity. I, my wife tells me a lot of times. She said, "Look at the good. You, you're hunting. Could be worse. You could that's be right. framing house. I said, "All right." So you got me.
0: That's, that's exactly right, Brian. <clears throat> Brian can tell you, you know, being a a, a great businessman and work, working for this company, the uh, he has talents that go well beyond what I'll ever have. And I'll hand him stuff and be like, "Hey, you. What about this? What about that?" And he said, "Well, just hang on a second. We'll get that done."
2: Cipher through it. You got to. You got to start somewhere. Cipher through it. But see, we just ain't giving Duke enough credit over here because they don't. Really, you know, he, Duke is the brains. He, him, and Andy Stalins are like. They are the. They would be the butter on the pancakes, would it not? To Phoenix, I'd that like would, to be a blueberry. Okay, he he'd can, he'd be, like, the can I be the blueberry, and Andy be the strawberries. These two guys run. For okay. for anyone who's listening that don't quite know their position. Andy and Duke run the service truck out on the trails. And and the difference is, and, I, and I'll and i say this, even when I was with another boat company, when I come in that boat yard, if I had an issue, I watched all those guys get together and work. Andy, Duke would help Kevin. They would help anybody. So it's like a big family in that service yard. That was a very appealing thing that I found. Like when I was, my last couple of years with Triton, I'd come in the boat yard and I would see Duke and I would see Andy if you had a problem, they're still there. You know, they're still your friend. They still, and I'm like, man, this is the company I want to be with. You know, mm-hmm. these are these are my kind of people. They can fix anything, and it's a nice like coming up here today to pick my boat up. Duke just been rigging it. That's a that's a big peace of mind to me to know that a fisherman's rigging a fisherman's boat. Everything in there is going to be as good as he possibly can. Nothing's bulletproof. Nothing. There can always be something go wrong, but the comfort of that for me. Night and day difference. Because when I go home, i got the utmost confidence that he's did the best he could to get that boat in the position. And in less than four or five days, I'll be leaving and go fishing an event. Yeah.
0: Would, you, would you care to text that to me?
1: <laughs> I'll send that big, big boat caps. Yeah. I want to I save that one. I'll tell you, what I think is funny about that is that you picked on, picked up on that and noticed that cause that's really a culture that, that sets it home here at the plant at the office. Um, and I think that goes to a lot of credit to, to Gary and Teresa for the team they've put together here. You know, we're, we are a family you know we all work together and yeah we get a check for it and we come to work just like other people but it's a family to us i mean tim and jeff and i you know we hunt and fish together we try to get duke to go with us he's too cheap to buy a license for for out of state to come with us but we're going to get him there shout out tennessee non-resident too high <laughs> it's
0: 300
1: right i mean but he, he ain't letting go too 300. high yeah <laughs> have but, you bought an illinois non-resident
0: no because i'm a resident 700 that's why i don't hunt there as a non-resident <laughs>
1: That's why he lives in too, Illinois. He's is four hundred dollars high. higher. Y- high. you Neil know,
0: Jinkle has a has a large Jewish heritage. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you, they're, they're my they they are my that's my heritage. Those you are just, my ancestors. You ain't give three hundred dollars, son. No. Them jeans running strong. They are. But Jinkle Schmidt.
1: But it goes even past hunting and fishing. You know, there's several of us. Our plant manager and, and I've got some other friends in the plant that all our kids play sports together. You know, it, it is a family. We're a company, but we are a family.
2: It's very know. appealing. That was one of the things that I've said over and over in podcast. Yeah, since I signed on with Phoenix, is when Leanne and I walked out of here that day and got a car. She, before I could say a word, she said, "This is our home, and we're not leaving." I said, "We're not leaving." I said, "This is what we've been looking for. This was originally what we had years ago, and I know things changed, but I said, to be in a family atmosphere where you can talk, you could go out back and get your butt chewed out, and next day go have lunch together. It's a family business." They care about what you're doing. They're passionate about my job, and I'm I'm passionate about trying to help them. And I, I tell people, because it's funny, pe- people people make comments. Oh, you only live for the money. Well, everybody goes to work for the money. That that that's the name of the game. You right. don't see, you wouldn't see, uh, Dak Prescott go play somewhere. For nothing but he would go right. play for less or he would go play for the same for somebody he really believed in that's right or somebody where he felt at home right. that's the key when you feel at home somewhere you work harder I truly tell people that they say well what's the key to having a long relationship with sponsor if you have it if you have a family relationship and you believe in them you will always work harder for them and you will always have a longer future that's just the name of the game it's that personal one on one relationship
1: yep there's a lot of truth to that
2: yeah, I so mean, I, you get too corporate, you just get too removed, you yeah. know. And I, I said, if you put 10 hats out on a table, I've done this in a seminar one time, I said, you take a pro angler and he lays 10 hats out there. That morning when he gets up, he's just going to run out to the store. He's got a choice which hat he's going to put on. You think think about it. He's got three or four here that he has no relationship with, just a corporate deal. But he has one. Old, he really likes these old boys. He's putting that hat on all the time. That's right. Just because he likes them. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I said, that's what it comes down to every morning. When you find yourself reaching for that hat over and over, you know you're at the
1: right place. So I've I got a question. I know you stay busy. You're on the road a lot. Um, got the, the season getting ready to get kicked off here soon. But a lot of people may not realize, you know, Duke Jinkla is our local legend. He comes and hangs with us. He's won a Costa in the past. He comes down here and just terrorizes these locals on Tim's Ford wears them out on these it's because on he's these been club fishing for the
0: same four
2: fish, and it's always <laughs> since he was a kid. <laughs> hey,
0: hey I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you a little hint. I was back home over Thanksgiving and my buddy called me and he said, we're down to three. I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? Three what? And he said... Lost one in the flood. He said that one died had to be 10 or 12 years old. He said she hung on all she could. Yeah. I mean, we have them named. Yeah. You get one with a black spot and you're in the way and line, you're like, hey, you got old Susie, didn't yep. you? It's
1: probably why he's so tough. All jokes aside, oh, man, yeah. where he come from, you don't get a lot of bites. Oh, yeah. You know, can, he can wreck them. And so that, that's my uh, question is, as busy as you are, do you... Do you get much time to fun fish or do you fish any Absolutely. little wildcatters? My or?
2: wife says that uh, she tells everybody that I'm addicted to fishing. I moved to Gunnersville and uh, during the summer, like when I'm home and even on tour, if I drive home from out of town, whether it's fifteen hours, if I get home on a Sunday night, Monday evening, if I'm at home, I'm gonna be out on Gunnersville throwing a crankbait every, every day. She said somebody asked her the other day, says he fish. She said, every day if we're home. He may only fish four hours in the evening, but he's going every day. I still love fishing. I know guys that are my age that are on the other tour. They've done very well. And I'll ask them, i said, man, you ever fish in your home? It's like, they look at me like, God, no. Why would I go fishing? I'm like, how could you not go
0: fishing? Love of the game.
2: I still love fishing. Yeah. You know, I go all the time. I mean, I don't think I can shake that. And that's what I, I think I judge that is to when Because people say, man, you, you know, have you ever thought about when you're going to retire? So when I quit loving it. You know, but when I'm home, I like fishing, man. I like catching.
0: Good question. You've led to another topic or, or another part of that that question. You're home. It's Tuesday afternoon. You done got the chores, took care of for Lulu. Yep. We're going to head over. We're going to drop in at waterfront. Do you feel, not that, and you've already explained, there's not a lot of pressure, but do you feel like, dude, it don't matter. I don't care if I go down this weed line and don't get two bites or if I catch 50. It's it, it just...
2: I, it's the feeling there that there's, there's no pressure. Yeah. I just want to see what my capabilities are. And sometimes I'll play games with myself. Like I'll fish two or three hours and ain't caught one. And I'll say, all right, you got one hour to fish. You better put up your best five. And I'll go in full tournament mode, scramble around there and fish. But on the other, on the full flip side of that, I'm on that lake all the time. I'm at that ramp all the time, waterfront. I'm down by GTO tackle. I'm around all reds. To me, that's where I meet the next Phoenix boat owner. I think that's a part of uh, the salesmanship that people miss out on because you may sign a man's grandson. He may come up and say, happened time and time again, would you sign my grandson's hat? Absolutely. You know, he wants to stand in the boat, get your picture made, and then they say, hey, man, what do you think about that Phoenix? See, I got him right now. He didn't have to go in a dealership. So I think by the pro being out there and being accessible and being on the water at the same ramps, in and out, Wearing flip-flops, halftime ain't even got no shirt on, they start thinking, this guy, he's one of us, and I am. So I think by doing that every day, uh, it, it helps me so much to sell boats, to sell motors, to sell product, because you're out there fishing with the guys. And it you know, it don't mean nothing to me if I pull up and they say, hey, man, we ain't caught none," I'll cut all my crankbaits off, throw them over in their boat, take them with you. I've done it time and time again. Take them with you. I've given them a rod and reel. That's, that's hands-on salesmanship. It and is. I think that's where fishing is different. Than any other sport. We're not NASCAR. I have people all the time. So you want to compare y'all to NASCAR? No. No. We're not going to die in turn three. We're not going to. I said, and I'm not ever gonna bump into Dale Jr. at the gas station and go, man, it was was it pulling too much in turn four? Did it need more toe in or toe out? Was it slipping on you? But I may run into Duke down at the gas station. And if we didn't even know each other, he's got a Phoenix hat on, I got a Phoenix shirt on, I'm pulling my boat, he's hollers, hey man, they biting. See, we have something in common right there. That started a conversation. NASCAR never have that because those yeah. people in the stands never drove a car. That's right. You know, I think that's where fishing is. We're, when you look at it from the big scheme of things, working for a sponsor, you're a foot soldier. You don't, do, you don't sell 100,000 lures at a time. You sell them one at a time, one at a time, shaking hands, being out there, letting people see your boat, letting them talk to you about it. What does the talons do? What does the graph do? The only way
1: you do that is go fishing. I'll tell you one thing: If I ever run into Young Gunnersville, I'm gonna give you every red rattle trap I have in my boat. <laughs> hey,
0: I, I ran into him. True, true story. I put in at Waterfront one day. This a couple of years ago, very, very early in my Phoenix career. I'm down there, and I'm throwing one of those maybe controversial baits. Got five wires. Oh God! I a Tennessee rig. <laughs> the, we's in Alabama, son. I had five hooks. <laughs> so I'm slinging. This truck goes by, and I said, "Looky there." And I seen the Mountain Dew, and I seen, I seen uh, Toyota and Minn Kota and, and all these these wonderful names of your of your sponsors down the side of the truck, and I'm like, that was swindle. So it's a little windy that day. I put her back on the put her out in the river, and I'm I'm gonna go home. Time yeah. to get back up here to Winchester, Tennessee, God's country. But uh, <laughs> I run into you, waterfront, and I'm like, hey, man. How you doing? First words out of his mouth. I'm good. Hey, did you spear a wave? Because <laughs> I mean, uh, hey, I'm looking at my graph. You know, I was new to Gunnersville, and I'm trying to see where I need to go, and I'm looking, and the wind was blowing against the current. Captain and I looked, Nemo. <laughs> hey, oh, I looked up just in time to hear, woof. <gasps>
2: <gasps> Captain Snorkel. And,
0: and I had my rain suit on, thank God, but I get in there, and he says, Hey, how are you? Looks at the deck and goes, Huh, looks like you speared one. Yeah,
2: that place will get you right there. <laughs> You get to reading, it. hey them GPSs, them big hummingbird graphs. They've caused more people spear waste. You get to reading that thing and daydreaming. next thing you know, you're looking under the water, going, "Man, what happened? It's cold under here." I was choking, spitting up hydrilla.
1: It yep. was terrible. I got, a, I got a hold of a, uh, what was it? it was a um, barge wave, headed oh. back to waterfront. When I came out of a creek, never saw the barge. It's gone. I'm rolling all of a sudden. I was like, "Oh, there it is, boys." It's
2: <laughs> the phantom wave. That's yeah. the one that makes widow. It's the widow maker.
0: All right, going I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch gears, because right. we like. We like folks, Brian will attest, we we like to hear about your fishing. We love to hear about your career. We also like to hear about the person. Gerald Swindle, and I've got one in mind, biggest blooper fishing career. Biggest blooper fishing career? I mean, could
2: I write a book on them? Yeah. I mean, you're talking to a guy that's been... Give us been, top five. In t- I, I mean, I'll just kind of roll with it. I mean, I've been beat I've been beat five to nothing by a dude with one leg. I've been beat my eyes out by a woman in the back of the boat at Okeechobee. I've been beat by a clay dyer. I've pooped my pants about 15 times on the water during the tournament. You know, it just keeps going. I've waited one day too late to jump out on the bank, sunk up to both knees, lost my shoes, pooped my pants. My back's bad. It took me three months to dig the mud out of one of my toenails. I mean, I people think was fishing a great deal. This can be awesome, man. But I said, I've been shot at by duck hunters, found dead bodies. I said, I've rescued people from fires. I said it when when I say I'm going fishing, it's never a typical day fishing. Never. I have seen and been in some situations where I'm like, how in the world I was in Texas, and went in to buy gas pulling my boat one day. And the dude robs the store when I'm in there. Oh, man. Oh. And there was a girl, a small girl at the back counter, and I got her behind the potato chips. I never will forget it. And I heard him screaming, and she's just, I guess her parents sitting there. She's probably seven or eight years old. And I just grabbed her. I said, Hey, you stand right here behind the aisle. And he's dragging that dude over the counter, and they're screaming. I got one of those big Lipton tea bottles out of there, those big glass ones. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, man, I've seen my uncle get hit with a Mick ultra bottle, and it wasn't good. I said, I'm always a parent. And I snuck around there on that cheap section of the store, like, on aisle one, where, like, they got the one-quarter oil and the air gauge for yep. $1,500. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I'm, like, two steps from, like, making a home run swing on this dude, and the cop's looking at me behind the ice machine. He's got his gun drawn, and he's nodding his head to me, like, you got him? And I'm, like, no, you got, you got the yeah, gun. You got dog. the gun, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Trying to help you. So we get him he got I didn't have to hit him, the cop come in, we get him wrestled down, he puts the cuffs on him, and I just get my truck and I'm driving off and Leanne calls, How's it going? It's good. (laughs) Just another day of fishing on the road, you know. I just I think when you say you fish for a living and you travel that much for a living, you're on the water that much,
0: there's stuff that just happens that you just shake your head. You're like,
2: Can't believe that just happened. I just
0: know. I mean, I've seen it all. The fabric of America is a pretty cool piece of fabric. <laughs> huh? Good
2: Lord, I have. Seen, I've heard every fishing story. I've stayed in <laughs> hotels where they've gotten shot in a room next to me. I mean, it's just part of it. I've. I was hooking up New Orleans, and they're stealing the car beside me. I'm talking about the dude stole the car, and I'm three foot from him. He knocks the wind out, and he looks at me, and he goes, "You got a problem?" No, nope, no, nope, didn't like a car anyway. <laughs> I just kept rolling the winch down. I'm not gonna say a word, yeah. dude you know and guy, guy comes in he says, they stole my car I said yes they did it went that way <laughs> I can tell you that you know I just think uh, a lot of bloopers in my life between yeah. hunting and fishing and things that I do I just I'm going to write a book one day about how dumb can you be and still get by with it
0: I'll, I'll tell you my favorite the one that just and, and not because I've seen the behind the scenes stuff but the most maybe publicized or, or visible Bassmaster Classic I hesitate to tell you what year G man snatches that bag of fish out of the live well live on ESPN PM. I mean hotter than a firecracker it's right here it's happening boom knee deep in the live well stepped
2: in the live well with the right leg and somehow miraculously pulled the nose up and saved it <laughs> yeah. trip said it wasn't the stepping in the live well it was impressive it was the save and you just kept walking <laughs> and then i made the top 10 plays of the week on espn that's and I right i said how that's many right. y'all made that and i stepped in the live well. i mean i i needed three skin grafts but i survived it you yeah. know I just think that's a fisherman's world. <laughs> hey, just you gotta walk it off. I mean at that time when you do dumb stuff, you either gonna have to just lay down and get embarrassed or you gotta own it.
1: You do. And I would be the guy that would absolutely eat it trying to get off the boat to the stage at the classic. <laughs> I would bust it right there. I
2: was so about to. I was headed down and I felt like a small hey. engine plane. I'm going pull the nose up,
0: pull the <laughs> nose up. Strictly from a from a spectator's side, I was impressed. I'm like, that dude's gritting his teeth right now because he took 15 inches of shin across some fresh fiberglass and never even checked up. Just keep
2: walking. Just got to flow with it, man. I actually swam out of the swamp down there practicing for that classic. I got a boat stuck and (laughs) couldn't get out, and I started wading, and someone was coming to get me, and I went into that old mud and quicksand that sucked the shoes off of me. I remember laying on my back, and I crawled out of that mud, got all the way in Marty Stone's boat, and I'm like, what have I done? I'm an idiot. I mean, but that's fishing behind the scenes. You know, guys get out there practicing, and. Things happen. I mean, I've. It, I could just. Sometimes I just think. I mean, I almost got whooped one time because a guy was trying to crank. Clank, he was trying to crank a weed eater. Now this sounds pretty irrelevant, and I'm below a retaining wall, and he can't see me. But I can hear him, and he reminds me of me because he's pulling on this weed eater. And when I say pulling on it, it's like. <coughs> then it goes. <coughs> then he starts cussing. <coughs> But now he's using cuss words that I don't even think go together. Like it doesn't even rhyme. And then I start laughing and he sticks his head over and he goes, What the hell are you laughing at? I said, Nothing. I have a pooling weed eater too. That guy would have beat me to death if he could have reached me. You know, that's my day at fishing.
0: He'd have tied a bow tie around your neck with that weed eater.
2: Absolutely. I have went through no wake zones too fast and they'll holler out there, Hey, what's your name?
1: I'm like, Denny Breyer, Randy Howe, Kevin Van Damme. (laughs) <laughs> I, I love it when you're out fishing in a tournament and somebody else you don't even know who it is they've done something that made somebody mad on the water and all of a sudden because you're in a bass boat you know you're the guy that needs to know about it so you can go tell every other bass fisherman you've ever yeah, met that, yeah. don't you ever cut this guy off or <laughs> do you yeah. know i'm like i, I, I don't know even who he mean,
0: i'll tell him it's denny Bryan. <laughs> a travesty has been a, a
1: yeah ad. yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: gonna be a good 2020 dude
0: dude we're excited we, we are absolutely tickled to death to have you on board the uh, I'm gonna tell you, the boat's fine.
2: I seen a picture of mine, I can't wait. I, a boat. I had
0: it on the water today, you know, just make sure there's just no no, no I... new boat because occasionally, and I and Andy will tell you this somewhere between rolling out the end of the plant, looking as fine as homemade wine. And getting it to the lake, there's a couple of gremlins will jump in there every now and then. Always. Again.
2: They wouldn't let me use my quote in the catalog I have for my new Phoenix, but I thought it was good. And they said, no, we can't because of trademark. And I, they said, give us a quote on your boat. I said, some people think Southern Comfort comes in a bottle. I think it comes in a boat. They're ooh, like, we ooh. can't
0: use that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to. <laughs> it, uh, but it is good to say that that new boat, gremlin free.
2: That's what it's all about right there, putting the boat in with confidence and getting ready. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the ride, you know, that, the oh, speed yeah. and the ride. And I got a buddy of mine that I was hunting with this weekend. He owns a Phoenix. And he's like, dude, just something about that boat. He said, you ain't got to drive it, man.
0: Mm-mm.
2: He said, it's, the, you know, and everybody you talk to is the same way. It's cool for me because I got Freedom Marine one mile from my house, you know, like the second largest Phoenix dealership in the country. Got some great mechanics there. If I ever need help or service, they're there. But to know that, You can drive boats right there at home. So anybody's out there that's been watching my social, I know I've been posting a lot of hunting pictures, but y'all about to get ready. I'm going to be worse than a grandmother with grandchildren because I'm about to post some pictures of this boat because I've been boatless. (laughs) It's coming at you. I'm just going to tell you, if you don't like pictures of Phoenix, you go ahead and delete me because they're coming at you.
0: He said the bank fishing's over. That's right. Back on the yeah, pond. yeah. I'm tired of sitting in a tree stand. I'm put down, back in my down. boat. Yep. <laughs>
2: about to fly the bird. Is about to fly south for the winter. About to go put it in down there at Toho and fish the southern. Uh, that's the southern open. Yeah. Coming and, up in the week. And he will
0: be down there. Yep. Get
2: and
1: You're, you're going to be fishing this, uh, this season in 921 Elite, correct? 921 Elite. 921 Elite. Okay. And that was something I did want to ask you about that. So you mentioned the opens. Um, it's your nephew that you're fishing with, some, isn't yep. it? Yeah,
2: my nephews he's uh, the youngest son of the, my brother passed away from cancer, and he's Trey's now 19. He works out there at GTO Tackle in Guntersville, and he, he aspires to want to be a fisherman. He's a good little stick and a great kid, and he wants to fish the open, so I'm fishing the centrals with him, and I signed up for the uh, southerns. I think it's the easterns and the centrals now. They have two different names. So I signed up for both divisions, and someone asked me, they said, man, why aren't you fishing both divisions? I said, man, I just want to get some seat time in my boat, and get the gut, just kind of get that whole feel to it before we kick off in the Elite Series. I enjoy going to Florida. It could be a great tournament. But I said, you know, you can't win tournaments unless you get in them.
0: Yep. Hard That's to win true. one from the couch.
2: Hard to win one from the couch. And I did shoot a deer off a porch just last weekend. So if somebody <laughs> says you can't shoot one from the house, I said, well, you're wrong, because I shot one at 65 yards with a bow walking through the pines.
0: <laughs> Is that a southern thing?
2: That's a southern thing. But oh. it's hey, it's just totally legal. It's truck door. It's t- totally legal. I open
0: the door and everything
2: <clears throat> with a bow.
0: My uncle's neighbor told him that every deer in the county was scared of a white truck. My uncle's a road crop farmer. Soybeans, <laughs> corn, not a fan of the white tail. I ain't really sure what that guy was alluding to, but he said he, every time a white truck stopped on the road, the deer scattered like hand
1: he grenades. Mu- he must have
2: been moving them around a little bit.
1: I think he's just looking at them. Well, you talk about the deer it was interesting. We we're talking uh, to Hunter uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe Hunter Shrock
2: Yeah,
1: and I didn't. Realize, I knew so I, obviously from Ohio, but I didn't realize the county he's from is is typically one of the top two counties in Ohio. That's pretty style I mean, Ohio deer period are pretty good. When right. you're in the top two, Dagum, oh, the yeah. kid doesn't even Dagum. They hunter? don't hunt. Good night. What is wrong with I that? I said Dagum. Something what's wrong with you. I mean it'd be set, like Hackney, I, not duck hunting. I mean, what the I, yeah. heck, man? Hackney's too
2: busy. He hates some deer. He's right there with me, man. I hate them deer. I haven't
0: sat <laughs> in a deer stand since Golly. 93,
1: 94. Yeah, you, you, got get, you get all these no, he gets all these nuisance permits. So he uh, He didn't say he hadn't shot a deer.
2: Uh, oh, he's he's in a reclining deer stand in his truck.
0: <laughs> Four wheel called Polaris. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, you, you have to step outside the vehicle. You cannot be on the county road. That's what the paperwork says. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he makes fun of us rednecks down here. Yeah, <laughs> no. and we're rednecks. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm telling you. I, got some, I read the playbook. I,
2: I got some p- uncles that have shot him at running over 40 with a 30-30. That's the pretty truck. good. You come in that yeah. drop on that yeah. 30-30. You got, to, you got to hold it and, and lead them both with a truck. I said, y'all are some rednecks.
0: I, I saw a white truck. I won't say whose. Had a... Bullet hole through the mirror, you just got to be careful when you're swinging.
1: I'll tell you something I would love to do. This will never happen to kids, don't do this. I would love to be laying on the front deck, somebody driving the boat, and just pick up some mallard, just flying right across there, just get right up inside them, just pop, pop,
2: pop, get him with a
1: dip net. Love it. I've heard some stories about some some guys getting some
0: ducks with dip nets. I had a coot, uh. I had a coot go between uh, me and my co angler. Just missed that Mercury wow. motor. Oh, I'm going to get me some
2: coots. When I go to Toho, it's my, it's every day. If I don't get a limit of coots, I'm going to be upset. Now that my boat's faster and can handle better, them coots don't stand. I'm going to have to get two hunting licenses this year.
0: Because well, re- I'm going to mow them. Remember the limit, and Randy Blockett probably won't like that. Kook, well, I don't care.
2: Coot life matters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to run them down. I don't care. You, you see me coming at a high velocity of speed, get on up and move along, little <laughs> doggy.
1: <laughs> get more than six inches off the water. Yeah. You're
2: going to hey, have to lift.
1: There'll be little water
0: rooster tails everywhere, <laughs> and you'll hear... <laughs> I like
2: fishing down there And them duck hunters pop up You go over there and flip them out, And they'll pop up And they'll go Duck hunter I'll say bass fisherman You know because they, they float around In them little old tubes yeah. And ain't nothing sticking up But their head There ain't nothing Screams got gator
0: a, bait Worse right, than a.
2: And they got a palm leaf Over their head And two decoys out And I'm over I, I like. I went to flip one of them Last year I was going to flip him It looked so good He goes Hey duck hunter And I said, Oh bass fisherman My bad Dude, You got here In the middle of nowhere
0: How do they not get eaten by
2: a gator? Why would you do all that to eat chicken liver? It'd be different if they taste like
0: lobster.
1: I'll have to say, we'll get some duck or goose that Duke Dinkle has cooked. The goose
0: goose kebab? Now, here's my barometric reading on this. This is my barometer. Uh, When the ladies in the front office get excited because you're carrying in a tray of fresh-cooked goose kebabs, I mean, like, oh, do I get one? Do I get one? Oh.
2: they're good I'm telling time. you, make your tongue made, beat your eyebrows off I your I forehead. I ate a lot of duck, and it tastes a lot like the lab's were in That went and got them, so i will give you a chance on it.
1: They must have gave you all the mergansers. Yeah. Well,
2: I think I was eating coot feet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's probably Louisiana.
0: Was you in Louisiana? That's a Cajun thing. Yeah, Cliff
2: Crochet right. could eat coot feet.
0: I have no doubt of that. I don't even know the man, but I have, I okay. saw him in the yard a couple of times. I have. Yeah, no hey, doubt.
2: you gonna know him now? Because LSU got a good football. Hey, game. Yeah, they do. He's down there with Bobby Boudreaux going. Ah, they have football, man. You know football. and
0: uh-huh.
2: where you make it? Yeah, I don't think nobody's gonna beat them neither. <laughs> the
0: uh, what 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 was that character in Waterboy? The man in the bib overalls. And well, that was had. the coach. Hang yeah, on. And he
2: said, and where you make it?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going and calling, and nobody's going. Clemson's good. They can't beat LSU. Yeah.
1: I, I think LSU's by far the better team. I mean, Dabo makes me – Dabo can coach.
2: Dab, you know? Dabo can coach. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something, that Burrow is a baller. He is. Boy, How much
1: longer are you going to have a coach down there in Alabama? How long is Saban going to stick around? I don't around?
2: know, man. I think he's going to be there. I, I'm the guy that's still saying is coming back. Everybody said he's going pro. I said, no, he ain't lost too much money.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, he knows if he comes back. Look at what happens if he comes back. If he comes back and plays healthy, they were to win a national championship, He'll have a chance for the Heisman. He'll be the most stock famous player that ever played there. His stock will be so high if he makes it two years, and he'll probably can retire.
1: Yeah. Right oh. now,
2: I think he's he's not going to be well enough to try out, like in the draft. He's right. not going to be able to go do his deal. So I, you know, Dylan Moses said he's coming back. Hmm. So I think now that that, I just think you're going to see more of them guys come back. I don't think is going nowhere, man. He's he's still stacking the cars, but you know, he got out coached, dude. The, guy, the Auburn out coached him. I mean, that's just mm. all it was too. They had a couple of trick plays, outcoached him, outplayed him, you know. And then Auburn goes and gets beat by a pudding gopher. Yeah. What's what's up with that? I, you know, I don't how know. Can that Tim,
1: so Tim is a diehard Auburn fan. <laughs> I got a phone call that afternoon. He, well, at least you're an Auburn fan. Gosh, like, I'm you know.
2: thinking, how can Auburn play that good against Alabama and get taken down by a groundhog? I'm I'm gonna tell you. I'm
0: from Southern Illinois, home of high school basketball. I mean, that is that that's is the sport and we have not figured out how to dribble that little brown thing with points on each end. It just did <laughs> no. get away from me. It gets away from you every time. There's no hoops out there. Nope. So I don't really know much about this game called foosball. But <laughs> foosball.
1: <laughs> Here's all you need to know. SEC is all that matters.
2: they usually pretty good. Yep. Uh, Auburn let us down.
1: Big 10. Go Big 10.
0: Big well, 10. I'm
1: struggling. I'm a diehard UT fan. And I'm not going to lie. It's been a rough few it's years. Rough I think year. we're on the right track. I think we're starting to get there. You know, a lot of people were just terribly upset at the start of this season, and it did not start well, but I'm telling you, they finished strong. You know, he got those boys believing and buying in. And he's got a two- football. or three-year
2: job ahead of him. That's to get right. Back. It, you don't turn a program around like that, you know, in a year.
1: Nope.
2: You know, he's going to have to really work on it. I think you're going to see them get better and better. I think you're going to see Alabama. They're pulling some strong recruits. They got a JUCO cornerback they got this year. So they got another quarterback. That was like the most sought after quarterback in the country. But I say like, we need linebackers. We got plenty of quarterbacks.
1: Well, it's tough whenever Butch Jones tells Trevor Lawrence go somewhere else. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, it makes it a little tough to build a program. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> no, nah, we don't. You pretty good? Yeah,
0: <laughs> nah, we don't want you.
1: Yeah. Go somewhere else. God, that dude
2: can play too. Can't? I'm telling you, he's a gamer. What a worries real. me about him is he's a gamer. Mm-hmm. He's a winner. So I think LSU and there's going to be a great game. But if LSU plays what they're capable of playing, I think they'll beat. Clemson by two touchdowns.
1: I, I think they might because what Coach O, in my opinion, what he's that they've always had a powerhouse defense. LSU's been able to shut people down, and I think he sat back and said, "You know what? You know somebody else can shut us down too. We can learn how to play offense. Yeah, they got one pull in football games. Yeah, they have been. They sure did it. They've been running it up.
0: I got one last question. I I since it. I don't understand, <laughs> he I says I'm it. innocent. Nobody got pictures. <laughs> mm-hmm. The uh, we're going to Lake. Tom- we're going to the lake. I don't care what day of the week. Okay. Let's call it springtime because springtime's right. coming. Yep. Okay, we're stuck in winter, but springtime's coming. Five rods. Yep. What, what you gonna tie on?
2: Jig, three eight ounce balling out brown jig with a zoom green pumpkin twin tail or a Z crawl for a trailer. Sixteen pound sunline stays the same always. I'll have on some type of finesse spinner bait, mm-hmm. uh, like my new boss bait spinner bait, little double Colorado something. Just a fish finder. Um, I'm gonna have on a DT6, probably two different colors. I don't go nowhere without throwing them. It leaves me, one rod. If it's spring, I'll have a jerk bait
0: on. All right, there you go. Sound like you've about that a time yeah. or two. That's J E R K B A I T. Get yep. that wrote down.
2: <laughs> jerk. The, jerk, the jerk bait's hard to beat in the spring, you know. And the, the DT6s is still got the tight action, so it's great cold or hot water. It's a great fish finder. It's easy to fish. You know, a jig is just something I keep out there. I tell everybody you can't go fishing unless you have a jig tied on. It's a that, state law state law state you gotta law have it, and it tight mean, and you got to get it out on the front deck too
0: oh you can't keep it you no know, you,
2: it's got to be visible the fish have got to know that you have arsenal
0: old school old school buddy tournament you got decoy rods or did you leave them out we had decoy rods i knew he had <laughs> decoy rods i knew it I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now my three go-to decoys rattle trap drop shot <laughs> And a dt D T ten. Why'd you uh, have to bring
1: up the rattle trap as the come on yes. man? Yes.
0: That's I'm telling you right now, there has been more folks throw eyeballs up here on my boat, and I said, I hope they're looking at that old beat up trap I drug down the road on the way to the ramp.
2: Mine's always been the pink floating worm. Oh. Just lay it out there because it's very eye visible. <laughs> and put it on a spinning rod like you're dead serious with, like you're working hard targets. <laughs> mm. See, hmm. it duly, duly, noted. Yeah. duly, duly noted. noted. It
0: catches the eye, and they're like, oh, he's got that paint worm on. Tim's Ford, big smallmouth place. Smallmouth, right. known to hit the pink. pink see, Oh.
2: And then what you going to do is some guy's going to come in with 31 pounds and go, I seen that paint worm <laughs> that's on dubstep.
0: Exactly right. <laughs> Tied it on, caught 31 pounds. That guy's good, man. You can just look at his lures and win. That's I, believe, right. I believe that's one of them old Homer Simpson moments where yeah. you go,
1: Doh. oh. So, that's it. So I know we're, we're trying to wrap up here. Can you, you have any impersonations of anybody on the Elite Series, the pro level, that you, you nailed anybody's? I, Ooh, I do a pretty good Bill
2: Taylor, i tell you that now. I heard FLW Outdoors, he said, uh,
1: boat number one, boat number two,
2: Scott Martin, where you at, pull up here at the front, son. You know you're always in flight number one, Scott Martin. Y'all go out there and have a good time, folks. This is a FLW well, it was a Sportsmanship's number one, thank Kathy. Where's the pancakes at, Kathy? Pancakes. Boat 17. Everybody in the Phoenix, y'all going to be in the back.
0: No, we're, we're in front this year.
2: Okay, Phoenix, y'all come back to the front, Scott. You're going to be in a range. I'm going to need you to get in the back, okay? In the back. Brian Latimer,
0: where are you going? Get in the back. It's
2: <laughs> <laughs> my best Bill <laughs> Hey, that,
0: I, Brian, I don't know if you know Bill. That I've was, met him. I've met him. Solid 9.5 <laughs> out of 10 right there. And
2: I call him and do it. I'll call Bill and do it to him, and he yeah. just gets tore up. <laughs>
0: What's it? My nephew always says, nailed it. Nailed it.
1: (laughs) All right, we're going to let you get out of here, pick up the new ride, and uh, hit the road.
2: Good to to be on. I'll be back. 2020, here we come. Appreciate you, G. Good luck, man. Thank you, G.